1: We've got some great music for you today for Song of the Soul. My guest is Brian Miller, and his musical passions are Irish music and traditional songs, particularly songs of the Upper Midwest, like Wisconsin and Minnesota, on topics like lumberjacks and such. Brian goes much more than skin deep, tracking down the people, places, and roots that these songs come from. Brian Miller joins us by phone from St. Paul, Minnesota. Brian, thank you so much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. I'm delighted to be here. Here for you is St. Paul.
2: I'm from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Have you lived in St. Paul a long time? Since
3: 1998, yeah, and before that, I was in Bemidji. I grew up in northern Minnesota.
2: So this is really the big city. How big is Bemidji?
3: <laughs> Bemidji, is, it's one of these sort of lake towns, so everybody I knew growing up didn't actually live in the city limits. They all lived in the lakes, but it, you know, it's like 11,000, I think, in the town and then probably another 10,000 in the surrounding area.
2: So do you like living in the big cities? And When you're drawn to things like lumberjacks and such, isn't Bemidji a much better setting for you? <laughs>
3: Well, I suppose it would be, in a way, for the material that I'm doing these days. But I'm a full-time musician, and it's hard to make a living, maybe, outside the big city. And I have really strong connections to the Irish traditional music community here in Twin Cities, which is a very uh, vibrant group, and I've been involved with that since I came down here in 98. And I actually can't imagine leaving all my dear friends and the the community here that I've really become a huge part of.
2: Did they have Kaley dances and other such things up by Bemidji, or did you have to only find that in the cities?
3: Yeah, there was an Irish band called Fair Wind in Bemidji when I was growing up, and some of those folks are still around town. And I think there's even been an Irish session there at Bridget's Irish Pub in downtown Bemidji, which opened after I left. But uh, definitely in the Twin Cities, there's more of a scene, I guess. There's more people and more Irish-Americans.
2: Well, you know, I'm going to do something I don't usually do. I'm going to jump right into the music. Some people, I'm sure, get pretty impatient as I'm trying to learn who you are because I think that's such a key part of the music that you play. So what song do you want to start off with?
3: Yeah, so this is a song called Jim Whalen. It's off my album, Minnesota Lumberjack Songs. And the story behind that album and the story behind really all the music that we'll be listening to today is that, you know, I grew up in Bemidji, this lumbering town in northern Minnesota, and then I fell in love with Irish traditional music and spent my 20s gallivanting around Ireland whenever I could, going to Chicago and Boston and these Irish strongholds in the United States. And then I got more interested in traditional Irish singing later in my 20s. Like in uh, 2006, I think I started the traditional singers club of the Twin Cities. For that, project, I was bringing traditional singers to town from various traditions, and a woman came from New England named Judy Cook, and Judy offered to give a workshop on lumberjack songs, and I thought, <laughs> I have to take her up on that, because I'm from Bemidji, and it sounds fascinating, and the only lumberjack songs I'd heard of, I think, probably was the Monty Python one
2: uh, <laughs>
3: at that point. <laughs> I,
2: we're all lumberjacks, and it's uh, okay,
3: yeah. <laughs> <That> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, and at the time, I didn't expect for that branch of traditional music to have much to do with Irish singing that I was interested in, but I thought, you know, we'd have the workshop, and Judy gave the workshop, and she started singing these songs, and they were very Irish-sounding, and I was sort of surprised that some of the other workshop goers were, too, And, and she sang one particularly nice song, and somebody asked her, well, where was that collected? Because, you know, with traditional singing, the whole thing is, where did it come from? Who sang it? You know, where was it handed down in tradition? And she said, that was collected in Bemidji, Minnesota. (laughs) And I just kind of (laughs) jumped out of my chair. I was so, I guess growing up there, I never thought of it being a place where traditional music came from. You know, I thought that that was something that came from the British Isles or maybe from Appalachia, but I think sometimes here in the upper Midwest, we don't think of this area in that way. So I was blown away, and it kind of sent me on this 10-year-long odyssey of of researching the connection between Irish traditional singing and, and the songs that people used to sing in the Great Lakes region, especially in lumber camps, but also on Great Lakes ships. So, long story, I guess, to get to this one song, but Jim Whalen was collected from this singer that lived in Bemidji. His name was Albert Hanna, and he was born in Ontario and then moved to Bemidji or actually I think Foston, Minnesota, following logging jobs. A lot of his brothers and he himself all worked for the Kirkston Lumber Company around Bemidji. And so he had these old they're basically what they are is like old Irish ballads that got rewritten in the woods, they got rewritten on the Great Lakes. And this is one of those. So it's an old Irish ballad that's been rewritten, probably was originally about a sailor drowning, and now it's about a lumberman drowning on a log drive in Ontario.
4: I pray you lend the It's of a mournful accident. I soon will let you hear concerning of a noble youth, James Whalen. He was called, was drowned off Pete McLaren's raft below the. Now the rapids, they were raging The water was so high Said the foreman, on to then This jam we'll have to try You're young, you're brave and active Wind danger's lurking near And you're just the man waters for to clear Well, they he made answer unto his comrades' fold saying, come on, boys, though it's dangerous we'll do as we are told we'll obey our orders manfully young men they should do and From shore to shore, now here, now there, in his body goes tumbling o'er and o'er. One awful cry for mercy, oh God, look down on me! And his soul is freed from earthly care, brought to eternity. For Jimmy's fate be careful and take warning before it is too late for death is lurking near you ever eager to destroy the pride of a fond father's heart, likewise a mother's
2: song is Jim Whalen. Our guest for Song of the Soul today is Brian Miller. Website where you'll find him, or at least some of his music, is Evergreen Trad, like in the first four letters of traditional. Evergreentrad.com. There you'll find his music with Randy Gosa, and you'll find also his music out on CD Baby. Both those links are on org. Jim Whalen, the song, uh, my history teacher, 10th grade, the one who got me into debate was Dick Whalen. So, I'm thankful for that song. I I think probably what Jim Whalen was doing was a little bit more hazardous even than teaching high school history classes.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I uh, I think so, but uh <laughs> Yeah, it was unbelievable the danger that these guys endured working on the rivers, especially if the listeners could catch there in the song, what happened was he was trying well, he was called on by the boss, Pete McLaren was the boss of the lumber company there or the operation. Actually, the river was the Mississippi River, so they have a, funny enough, uh, in Ontario, in the Ottawa Valley, there's another river also called the Mississippi River. And they were doing a log drive down the Mississippi, and the boss, Pete McLaren, called for this young Irishman, Jim Whalen, to come out and be the one that had to lead a crew of guys to break the jam which basically meant scampering out onto a bunch of logs on the precipice of a waterfall and trying to get the logs to go over the waterfall. Unbelievably dangerous, almost like a suicide mission, really. But that's what happened, and that's what these guys did. And on that particular story, the other men that went out with him survived, even though a couple of them fell in when the logs moved. But uh, Jim Whalen went over the falls and didn't survive.
2: One of the things I'm not quite clear about this, this is from your recording, Minnesota Lumberjack Songs. And I really don't think of Minnesota or northern Minnesota as being very heavily Irish.
3: There were actually quite a few Irish that came over during the famine years in the mid-1800s, but also actually before the famine years. I've been researching this extensively over the last several years. And the, as best as I can figure it out, the way to think of the story is logging in North America started on the East Coast. And it really was spurred on in the early 1800s by the Napoleonic Wars. Britain was fighting Napoleon, and Napoleon blockaded Britain's supply of lumber from the Balkan states. And so they turned to their colonies in Canada to get logs to build the British Navy or rebuild the British Navy. And so there was all this lumber trade there in the early 1800s back and forth between New Brunswick and also Quebec City. In Liverpool and then even after the Napoleonic Wars, in fact right away after it continued and the empty ships started to bring over immigrants. So like they come over with an empty ship to get more logs and it was a cheap ticket that you could get. So a lot of the early Irish that came over took these timber ships to Canada. And then some of them went down to New York and Boston, Chicago and these famous Irish American cities. But a lot of them stayed in Canada as well and worked in the woods. So In the Ottawa Valley, say, uh, there were quite a few Irish Canadians that worked in the woods and they were remaking these old songs. And then a lot of those same families followed the logging jobs to the upper Midwest and ended up in northern Minnesota. So there were actually some Irish in northern Minnesota, but they were kind of itinerant, you know. Maybe when the lumbering jobs ran out, they just jumped over the Rocky Mountains out to the West Coast and worked in the woods out there, or not all of them stayed here. And the Scandinavians, when they came in, they were much more ready to put down roots, I think, and they ended up sort of dominating the, I guess, the European immigrant culture of Northern Minnesota. It's really interesting the way uh, some of these people talk about the Irish being, you know, even if you were in a community of Scandinavians, the Irish were looked to, to be the entertainers, you know? They were the funny guys. They were also really huge in American pop music, pop culture in the 1800s, uh, Irish entertainers.
2: I sense a real passion on your part about the history, maybe of the area of but of music and that. So I'm going to make a, a wild, crazy guess. And you were some kind of a music major at college, but you had a minor in history. How bad was it? <laughs> You know,
3: the shocking truth is that I had a double major in music and math. My latest growing career path is library and archives work. I'm actually just very recently finished with a master's in library and information studies from UW-Madison that I've been doing online. So there I get to use my math a little bit and just keeping things, information organized, I guess. But yeah, I mean, the passion for history is sort of a combination of being a very proud Minnesotan. And I I loved growing up up north. My parents still live in Bemidji, and I really feel strong connection to that part of the world. And then getting into Irish music. Irish music is so much about, like, who did you get it from? Who made that tune popular? You know, who's associated with that tune? What's the story behind how you learned that? It's so much about connecting your music to the people that made it before you. I relate to that really deeply, and I think a lot of my passion for all the work I do comes from, I just get this really deep satisfaction about connecting in that way to people from the past. So, for instance, this song, The Banks of Little O'Plain, it's about an event that happened on the Little o Plain River, which is near Wausau, Wisconsin. Not only that, but it mentions one of the active lumber operators in that area. Ross Gamble, who was actually somebody who had rafts or probably not rafts, a very small river, but probably just a log on the little old plain. And uh, not only that, but uh, we know who wrote this song. So this was written by a man named William Allen, Billy Allen, or uh, he had a pen name, Shanty Boy. (laughs) And Billy Allen was born in New Brunswick. So again, we have this New Brunswick connection of these Irish families that went to that part of Canada. But anyhow, Billy Allen was a surveyor for the lumber companies who'd go out in the woods and basically decide how much the forest was worth. In his travels around, I suppose while he was walking around in the woods, he would make up songs based on old Irish songs, change the words, make them up about local events. And some of the songs he made up became really well-known. Just by word of mouth, they got passed around because he would sing them in the camps. So this is one of those. When folklorists started collecting old songs in the upper Midwest, Around the 1920s, they found this song sung really all over the place in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and also places further away. It's kind of folk music is kind of like a big game of telephone. So as you got <laughs> further away from the Little Low Plain, it became the Little Low Plain or other other versions of it. But anyhow, it's it's a really cool song that mentions a lot of local landmarks. Even the Dells make an appearance. And so here it is: the banks of the Little Low Plain.
4: One evening in June as I rambled The green woods and valleys among Mosquitoes were buzzing harmonious In tune with the whippoorwill's song The frogs in the marshes were croaking The tree toads were whistling for rain And the partridges round me were drumming On the banks of the little low plain It was then I beheld a young maiden Who was walking alone on the shore She was mourning all for a young raftsman Saying, I fear I will see him no more He went off on a fleet with Ross Gamble And he left me in sorrow and pain And it's over two months since he started From the banks of the little old plain His pants were made out of two meal sacks With a patch of foot square on each knee his shirt and his jacket were dyed with the bark of a butternut tree. He wore a large open-faced ticker with almost a yard of steel chain when he went away with Ross Campbell from the banks of the little plain. Was stout and broad-shouldered and manly His height was about six foot one His hair was inclined to be sandy With his whiskers as red as the sun His name it was Honest John Murphy And on it there he ne'er was a stain For he loved the bold Wisconsin River That's the reason he left the old plane If John Murphy's the name of your raftsman I used to know him very well But sad is the tale I must tell you Your Johnny was drowned in the dells
1: They buried
4: him neath a scrub Norway You'll never behold him again No stone marks the spot where your Johnny Sleeps far from the little My curses attend you, Wisconsin. May your rapids and falls cease to roar. May every towhead and sandbar be as dry as a log schoolhouse floor. May the willows on all of your islands. taking my only love Johnny from the banks of the
2: track of who's bringing us some really fine music today. His name is Brian Miller. You can find that song, The Banks of the Little O' Plain, out on CD Baby as part of his collection, Minnesota Lumberjack Songs. Obviously, it bleeds over into Wisconsin. We get mentioned there, including we get cursed in there. From <laughs> o- I'm from Eau Claire, so We're used to places around here with that word EAU, which means water in French. There's Eau Claire, there's O'Gali, which is, you know, 20 miles away from me. I mean, it gets involved in the names of our waterways, obviously, because of French names. The way that I got in touch with you, Brian, was through Sherry Minick. I had her on Song of the Soul several months ago. She just was raving about you. As a matter of fact, out of her own pocket, she gave me two of your CDs. Said, you have to talk to this guy. She's clearly a, a supporter and passionate about your music. Do you ever do music with her, or how do you intersect with Sherry?
3: Sherry's very involved in the singer's club that I mentioned, the traditional singer's club here in the Twin Cities She's often at our uh, monthly singing session that we have at W A Frost here in Saint Paul, and then she's performed at our events as well. But she's hugely inspirational to me. Her singing's incredible. She's been very supportive of my digging up of these old songs. Of course, she's from a lumbering town too. She's from Rhinelander.
2: Folks, by the way, this is Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. On the web at northernspiritradio.org, where you're going to find 10 and a half years of our programs for free listening and download. Also on the sites, you'll find links. So like when you want to get a hold of Brian Miller, you can find link to evergreentrad.com and to his CD Baby, where his recordings are you'll also find place to post comments we love two-way communication so please post a comment when you come to visit there's a place to donate that is how this full-time work is supported so please click donate when you come even more important than that always support your local community radio station they provide such a valuable slice of music and news you get nowhere else in the twin cities kfai is one of the great sources Here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, WHYS is local community radio station. Find the station in your area and remember to support them with your wallet and with your hands. And again, Brian Miller is here with us today sharing music. He's obviously a a true lover of culture, Irish music and lumberjacks. And so could you give us some more music right away, Brian?
3: Yeah, I thought we would just finish up the trilogy of drowning songs (laughs) (laughs) I I made this order of songs, and I realized the first three are all about uh, drownings. But, uh, oh, well, we get uplifting after this, I promise. Anyhow, uh, this is one that was actually collected in Eau Claire. So I haven't mentioned the name of the first sort of folklore song collector that came through the Upper Midwest, but his name was Franz Rickaby. And he was an English professor at, at UND in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And he unfortunately got sick fairly young, but he had had this plan of going out and collecting the traditional music of the upper Midwest. So right before he moved out to California for better weather to try to heal himself, he did a three-week spin through Minnesota and Wisconsin. And he stopped in Dimitri, Virginia, Minnesota, and Eau Claire. In Eau Claire, he met up with an uh, incredible local historian there named William Bartlett, who he'd been corresponding with. And Mr. Bartlett connected him with Martha Olin there in Eau Claire. And she had this old song, probably made up in Wisconsin. We don't know who made it up, but they took a song called The Sailor Boy and changed it to The Pinery Boy. And it's about a part of drowning on the Wisconsin River.
0: I will
2: Brian Miller said, that's the third in the trilogy of drowning deaths. Isn't that traditional music wonderful for that kind of thing? The song was called <laughs> <laughs> The Pinery Boy. In case you didn't notice, that was not Brian's voice leading up that one. That was Nora Rendell. He performs with her on the bazooki And so The Pinery Boy, I guess traditionally the song was called maybe A Sailor's Life, Sweet William, Willie the Bold Sailor. I don't know. There's there's a lot of names that these songs and permutations that they go through before they arrive at a place like Wisconsin.
3: Yeah, and then they continue to go through the permutations back in England and other places where they came from, too. This was sung quite well there by my lovely wife, Nora Rendell, and we put out this album, Spinning Yarns, just last year, It's a collection of songs, mostly collected in Canada, but she couldn't help dipping down into Wisconsin. (laughs) But Nora, much to my enjoyment, has been inspired by my research and has started doing some of this regional material.
2: Is a Pinery Boy, by the way, I I should know, given that I live in a place like Eau Claire, but a a Pinery Boy, does that just mean someone who's cutting down pine trees, a a lumberjack for pine trees?
3: Yeah, and... uh, Lumberjack is actually the newfangled term for these guys. If you look back uh, into the 1800s in the research, you don't see that word quite as much. But they used to call themselves shanty boys a lot after the camps they lived in all winters. So they called themselves shanty boys or or a pinery boy you see in some songs. And then sometimes raftsmen, when they would go and you hear in that song the term raftsmen, which means somebody that would go down a big river on logs that had been usually squared off and then gathered together in big rafts. And it, there are some amazing historical photos you can see on the Wisconsin Historical Society photo collection of these guys steering them through the Wisconsin River.
2: You know, our time's going to run out far too soon, and we got some more good songs to get to. Let's keep going. And up next is?
3: The next song is The Farmer's Boy, and this is a little happier one. And it was collected in Wisconsin, actually in Crandon, Wisconsin, from a singer named Ward Ford, also in Ontario from a singer named O.J. Abbott. And yeah, it's just another one of these that Randy and I had unaccompanied recordings of, and we brought it to life with uh, an arrangement.
2: And it's from the album Falling of the Pine. That is Brian Miller with Randy Gosa. And here it is, The Farmer's Boy.
4: Sun went down. chill. dear papa his daughter cried as the tears rolled down her cheek for a man that can work it's hard for him to want and to wander for him ploy. don't send him away but let him stay
2: Happy Ending Song by Brian Miller and Randy Gosa. It's called The Farmer's Boy. It's not written by them. Performed by them today for Song of the Soul. It is nice to have some of the songs end up with happy endings. What percentage would you say are happy endings versus here's the tragedy?
3: (laughs) Uh, It's it's low percentage, I'm sad to say, but... uh... (laughs) There was an interview I heard on some radio program with an old blues musician from the South, and he was saying, in the old days, you just you couldn't trust a song that had a happy ending. It just seemed <laughs> there was something wrong with it. That's not how life is. <laughs> and I think there was a little bit of that mentality with these old singers, you know? They were looking for drama.
2: Yeah, and you said it's collected in Wisconsin, but it's got these Ottawa Valley, you know, it's about an Ottawa Valley orphan, I think, or maybe that's what that's what Oliver John Abbott, O.J. Abbott, was.
3: He was an orphan. So he was one of the singers that sang it, Oliver John Abbott. And he lived most of his life in the Ottawa Valley in Ontario. But it was also sung in Wisconsin by the singer Ward Ford, who lived in Crandon. But it's an old Irish song. And then my favorite story about this one was performing it in Chicago one time with Randy and this old Irish musician, Kevin Henry from County Sligo in Ireland. He's, I think Kevin's in his 80s. He came up to us afterwards and he said, Where did you get the farmer's boy? Because <laughs> he, he hadn't heard it since he was a little kid in Ireland. It's pretty cool when that happens and, and you find out that these songs that traveled all the way over here maybe became unpopular back in Ireland, but you know they were still living on here.
2: There's one fault that I particularly find in that song. I love the music. I love your singing in it and the instrument playing and all that, yours and Randy's music. The one problem I find with that song is that it was completely predictable that he was going to marry the farmer's daughter. I, <laughs> a- after hundreds of years of these songs, they should get a new plot.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like you said, though, that's the happy ending. I don't know. I was... You know, if you're really versed in these songs you'd more expect them to like usually they leave, they get banished by the parents. The dad should banish him maybe and someone's head should get whopped off.
2: <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay. Well, Brian, let's keep going with the great music and again, lumberjack music, Irish music, traditional music. That's and do you know any popular songs, by the way? <laughs>
3: These are all very popular. They were popular songs at one time.
2: Okay.
3: (laughs) Maybe they will be again.
2: So what's next? The next song
3: is very special to me because it comes from a lost recording that I uh, was able to find through my research. So one of the singers that sang for that collector, I mentioned Franz Rickaby, the guy that was a professor at UND. Uh, One of his main informants was Mike Dean, Michael Cassius Dean, who lived in Virginia, Minnesota. And I've been researching the life of Mike Dean for a long time now, kind of through this project. Along the way, I found a newspaper article that mentioned him being actually recorded. And Franz Rickaby didn't record anyone. He just, like, scribbled down their melodies on staff paper. But this newspaper article I found it said that somebody had actually recorded him on wax cylinders, so really early recording technology in 1924. And I won't tell the whole story, but basically it turns out that at the Library of Congress, there was a sort of uncatalogued box that holds in it the lost recordings of northern Minnesota. So there are about 40 or 45 recordings in there from Mike Dean and from another singer that lived in Akeley, Minnesota. And they were recorded in 1924 by a man named Robert Winslow Gordon, who actually founded the American Folklife Center there at the Library of Congress. So it's an amazing find, and actually in 2016, I have a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board to make a website and put these field recordings online, and I'm calling it the Lost 40 Project, (laughs) in honor of there being about 40 songs represented there. Your listeners should check that out, the Lost 40 Project. I'll have information about it on my website on evergreentrad.com. But this is one of the songs that I learned straight from the wax cylinder recording. And I just decided to do it unaccompanied because that's how the old guys did it.
2: The Falling of the Pine. Come
4: all you men, a wanting of courage, bold undaunted. Repair unto the shanties before your youth's decline. The spectators, they will ponder. And gaze on you with wonder For your noise exceeds the thunder At the fallen of the pine Oh, the shanty hits our station Lumbering our occupation Where each man has his station Some to score and some to line Oh, it's nine foot of a block We will bust at every knock And the wolves and bears will shock At the falling of the pine When the day it is a-breaking From our slumbers we're awakened And breakfast being over Our axes we will grind Through the wounds we do advance where our axes sharp do glance. And like brothers we'll commence. For to fall the stately pine. Then it's through the woods we go. Through the cold and stormy snow. And it's there we labor gaily. Till bright Phoebus does not shine. Then the shanties we'll go in. And our songs of love will sing And we'll make the valleys ring With the falling of the pine When the weather, it grows colder Like lions, we get bolder And while this forms grief for others It is but the least of mine For the frost and snow so keen It can never keep us in It can never keep us in From the falling of the pine When the snow is all diminished Our shanty work is finished And banished are we but for a little time Then far away we're scattered Just until the booms are gathered Just until the booms are gathered Into handsome rafts of pine And when we get to Quebec Boys, you know we won't forget And our whistles we will wet With some brandy and good wine With fair maidens we will boast Till our money is all used And me boys will ne'er refuse To go back and fall the pine.
2: That's the title track of a CD performed jointly by Brian Miller and Randy Gossow. That was just Brian you were hearing there. The Falling of the Pine. A recording from the early 1900s song probably goes back well before that. And it's hard to find some of the roots of all of this stuff. Although the fact that you had the tenaciousness to go and track it down in Library of Congress, did that have anything to do with you getting a library degree?
3: It did, yeah. So spending all that time doing research inspired me to go for the library degree. And I've learned more about what's out there through the degree, too. And there are really amazing resources these days for anyone that's interested in traditional folk song. You can go online and hear recordings from Ireland or Scotland or Appalachia or even Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Folk Song collection is online. Mostly field recordings there from the 30s and 40s and they're amazing. It's uh, incredible the access that you can get now to cultural
2: heritage material like that. Let's remember to tell folks here the Lost 40 project that Brian's involved with. We'll have a link on our site if we can. Have you got the website up already, Brian?
3: I will by the time this airs. Yeah, the website is TheLost40, and that's the word 40, F-O-R-T-Y, TheLost40.com. And I would love it if the listeners would check that out. It's going to not have the uh, actual field recordings up yet at this time, but I'll be getting those up. This spring, Uh, the first step in the grant project is actually a crowdfunding campaign to raise some of the money. The grant provides 75% of the funding, and then I've got to come up with the rest. It's really an exciting project. These recordings are, as far as I know, the earliest English-language recordings made in Minnesota, a folk song, and they're amazing.
2: So remember, folks, go to dot 40com and help Brian Miller carry through on this project, get some great old music, Treasures from the Past, up on the website. Last song, that's what we've got to end with here now. So how do you want to cap off some really great music, Brian?
3: So we'll finish up here with actually another song about Jim Whalen, the poor guy that we started off with. There were um, a couple songs made up in his honor and this one comes from Crandon again from Crandon Wisconsin from a singer named Robert Walker and it's a really beautiful song in this case it's sort of about his lover going to the banks of the river and summoning his ghost from the shore and this is one that my wife Nora Rendell recorded so this is her singing and Randy and I playing the backing part and I'll just close by saying that What I really get charged up about is the revival of these old songs and people making them their own. So since I have started spreading the gospel, (laughs) singing these songs and sharing my resources with people, I've had uh, students that I teach music to and friends all around the Upper Midwest learn songs and send me recordings of them doing them. And it's really exciting to think about bringing some of this stuff to life.
2: It is wonderful music you're doing, Brian. I'm so glad that Sherry Minnick connected me up with you. And again, folks, you can find Sherry on my site, S-H-E-R-R-Y. Her last name is M-I-N-N-I-C-K, Brian Miller is a very common spelling, so it's easy to track him down, and you'll find the connection to evergreentrad.com, his website, along with Randy Gosa, and you'll also find the connection to his CD Baby album that you can can get that way. But right now, we're going to end with Lost, Jimmy Whalen, and boy, do we have a wonderful voice to listen to again. This is Brian's wife. Listen to Nora Rendell. It's from the album by her called Spinning Yarns. Thanks again so much for joining me for Song of the Soul, Brian.
3: Thanks a lot, Mark.
1: Track down Brian Miller on com, and the other links on org, where you'll also find some bonus excerpts that we just couldn't fit into this broadcast. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production help on this program. Lost Jimmy Whalen, Nora Rendell, We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul.